This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always on a Monday by Brian Peroni. Brian, just when it seems like this team has, has given all the surprises, we're, uh, we're left with more to discuss. Uh, we'll certainly dive into that from from A&M's loss to, to Auburn on Saturday night, a 13-10 loss to the Tigers with an interim coach in Cadillac Williams and uh, falls to 3-7 and seven and will now likely miss out on a bowl there. Um, I, I would say more. I would say it's more than likely. They have yeah, seven, more than likely. They have I know, seven yeah, loss, I know, so they, can't, they cannot make a bowl. I know at 5-7, and seven, sometimes they get into all oh, that yeah, stuff, yeah. but... I don't but know A&M's APR, point, but do we think A&M's yeah. the, one of the best academic teams in the country? Probably not. My guess is probably not. <laughs> probably so. not. So it, yeah. it, it, this team is likely staring down, missing a, missing a bowl, falling short of bowl eligibility. We'll get into that as as well. In the direction of the program, there was a lot of questions for Jimbo Fisher on Monday afternoon about about that. But starting off, Brian, just there with A&M falling to 3-7, and seven, their sixth straight loss, just general reactions to to the to this game. So, I mean, I have followed Texas A&M football for a while, but this is a new, something new for me is it's the first six game losing streak since 1972. They went 50 yep. years. So uh, I'd say it's not good, Bob. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, there are lots of re, I mean, okay. Digging into the games. Yeah. Devon A-Chain was missing. Moose Muhammad was missing, which I think we'll talk about, but he didn't need to be missing. And that's just. I think we could do a whole show on that. Um, yeah. Just how crazy that was. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, then you have all the injuries going on, but I mean, Connor Wigman was bad. Play calling was bad. Uh, there was no a chain. I mean, it just, you know, Evan the defense Stewart gave up out. a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Evan Stewart, when he went down, uh, defense gave up a ton of uh, rushing yards. Um, if Auburn had a passing game, it'd be, you know, I'd be, that game wouldn't have been pretty. So uh, yeah, nothing's really uh, going well at all. So I don't I mean, yeah. Um, you know, again, we're not going to jump off a cliff or anything like that, but we're also not going to sugarcoat things and tell you, you know, A&M's just this close to fixing things. I guess, you know, if you want the one silver lining, it's a, it was a close game and A&M was in it. And, I mean, they have been in it every game except for Mississippi State this year. You know, had a chance to win at Alabama with the uh, not-so-great play call in that last play and had a chance to win all those others. So everything but Mississippi State they've been in, but that's no excuse. Three and seven from the number six team in the country to start the year is, is not, a, not acceptable. Would go with inexcusable just the way things have, I know injuries have piled up and, and things have had certainly, you know, spiraled out of control, but um, you know, this is a program in year five that has national championship expectations and is heading 
the other direction. Um, you know, one of the big things for me looking at this game and, you know, I was trying to think about the way to kind of even put this game into words. We we were talking about, you know, just every game, it seems to be tougher and tougher to describe. And this one, you know, all sorts of mistakes. You find yourself fortunate to frankly be down seven to nothing at halftime in a one score yeah. game. And A&M comes out and has negative two yards in the third quarter. Negative that's uh, that's, a, that's actually down from last week when they had eight. <laughs> Hey, I'd say this is not then, a third. This is not a third quarter team by any. <laughs> not a third quarter team by any stretch of the no, imagination. No, so that's Absolutely. that's six total yards in the past two uh, third quarters. That's uh, less than ideal. That's not good, Bob. That's that's not yeah, good. And exactly. and you know that doesn't even take into account the uh, the fourth the fumbled open the fourth quarter when Wigman looked to kind of be trying to pull the ball back in and ended up going back backwards. That fourteen yards counted. Towards the fourth quarter uh, stat line, otherwise, it or else it would have matched last week's minus. Or the, no, oh wait, it was yeah. minus. Yeah, it would have. It would have been minus sixteen, zero yeah. out, or so. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the, yes. the 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 thing for me is just the second half adjustments is glaring. This team, you know, it has just not been able to make second half adjustments all year long. Uh, looked totally lifeless for for most of that game, honestly, until the fourth quarter when when they get that. Uh, they get that interception, um, get a field goal out of it to at least keep it to a 10-3 game. And then, um, but just otherwise not able to do a whole lot else and not able to take advantage of of opportunities. You know, one of the things about this game, Auburn gave them opportunity after opportunity. There was a missed field goal early in the third quarter where, you know, A&M takes over near midfield. Uh, goes three and out, had another the turnover there, went three and out on both of those possessions where, you know, you're just trying to look for any sort of momentum to get the running game going, to get the passing game going, to get something going. And, you know, they just they just were never able to take advantage of any of those opportunities. And then, as you mentioned, to be doing it without Moose Muhammad, which was just a weird situation altogether, Um you know, I think it was. I think it was handled poorly. Um, and I'm, I'm going you know, to so blame. I'm going to blame both of them. But when your team is, well, I'm going to blame. There, there are bigger issues than whether you can wear sleeves. One, Moose. You know, yeah. if it really comes out that take off the sleeves, help your team win. Two, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you really need a win. You have the yeah. most heat in the country. A and M is written about more than anybody. Let the guy wear sleeves. Is it that big a yeah. deal? Like I understand creating a culture of respect and things like that, but it's sleeves. It's a uniform. And you know what? They're warm. They keep you from getting burnt. I mean, it's not like they're just there for show. So just yeah, ridiculous. It's, the entire it's something, thing ridiculous. It, it's something he's worn his entire career, as he mentioned, um, you know, put up a tweet after the game. There was all sorts of, all sorts of confusion during the game about why he was out, what was going on. Um, you know, the, 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 Reporters tried to get an answer during the game. Didn't get much. I think they asked any reason why, you know. Well, they said, hey, Moose, is, he, is he available? Yep. That's yep. it. Like, it was just that, you know, just that. It was just that. Field. And But to go on Twitter afterwards and, and, and air it out, I think, didn't help the situation at all. For me, one of the things is it just speaks to, you know, and, and disarray was a word that was kind of presented to Jimbo Fisher today. Does, you know, with the suspensions going on and the, 
you know, losing losing Anthony Hill last week and the sixth game losing streak, you know, does this program have a have a feeling of disarray? And to me, Saturday. What did night, he say? I and, hope he said yes. He did not say no. There's no way he said yes. He said said that, you know, recruiting was going well, which is certainly something that I think you're you're allowed to say. Yeah, that's I think you're allowed allowed to say. say, You're allowed to say that. (laughs) Now, if you're going to if you're going to if you're trying to keep the perception that things are going well a month out from signing day, I understand that he's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're (laughs) terrible and recruiting recruiting is down the drain and the season's down the drain. I don't expect him to say that. But when issues like Moose Muhammad happen and it airs out in the way that it did and, and it comes out that it's about arm sleeves and it just, and all sorts of confusion about, well, is there a room about – is there a rule about arm sleeves? What is the rule about arm sleeves? Why does the suspension need to be what it was or benching need to be what it was? It just leads to that question of dysfunction and confusion and all the things that were going on to me. That could have been handled in a much better way on both ends and not have to play out in the way it did, you know, and whether that senior leader is pulling him aside and being able to talk with him more about where that, where that rule came from. Jimbo Fisher did say that there was a sleeve as arm sleeves rule on Monday, but was not at all getting, getting any more, any more into it, said it's an internal matter and it's being settled. But he was me, upset that to, he was upset that he was asked about the, yeah, the question. Kind of had, Did like, he not he think of, that was going to be the very first question? It's what yeah. everybody's talking about, like that's what the it, sleeve gate. And he's just, I can't believe you're asking me about this. Yeah, yeah, that's what people are talking about. That's what yeah. people want to know about. Like, don't be dismissive on that when you know it's coming. Like, you can mm-hmm. fawn, but that's not that's not have, one. That have something listen. ready to go and yeah. You can have you know, an opening statement, and then that's – I'm not taking any other questions on it. You know, something. Yeah. But, yeah, don't you just know, Just to address like, oh. what happened Saturday night, it's been handled. We're moving forward, and and it's been discussed. But, again, it just speaks to the – it speaks to the feeling and the and the appearance. And appearance is everything, and, and you know, it's true. Everything gets blown out of proportion when, it, when you're on a six-game losing streak, when you're on your longest losing streak in 50 years. Whether you believe it's the case or not, it, it does get – blown out of proportion and 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 blown to a bigger degree oh for sure also this has nothing to do with anything i just noticed you have your social media account and your username and i was going to yell at you for not putting mine then i remembered i put in my own name so that's yeah, on me actually man. thanks thanks to the auburn folks i did a uh pre-game <laughs> a, a pre-game uh uh show with them on on saturday and they threw my they threw my social media in there so i just kept it enrolled with it but i'll have yours in for next week don't yeah. worry well i think well i we'll, think it's we'll, on me that one's on me yeah we'll we'll be back after mighty <laughs> we'll be back after after umass this weekend you know at this hopefully, point hopefully, was, <laughs> hopefully discussing a win if not uh maybe we'll take some calls we'll, live and yeah see we'll take some live call-in shows <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get on here and we'll, and we'll we'll start get the reaction from yeah from we'll other see how people. it goes um, I, I mean, okay, was, this is not me as an insider here. This is just me with rational sense. He can't survive a UMass loss. Like, there's no <laughs> way. There, there's just no way. So, yeah, that, there like has that, to be a win. There's there. there there is an immense amount of frustration heading into heading into these final two games. You're already sitting at three and seven. That would just be. Does that they need to win? Not just not just they need to win convincingly. This needs to be a strong performance. In all three phases, that's what Jimbo Fisher kind of mentioned today that that he really wanted to see this upcoming weekend. Wanted to look back though that at, at that question. So mentioned recruiting, mentioned the transfer portal that he talked about. 
program appearance of being in disarray, you know, where do you think it's how, how far to that end do you think it is? Or how, how is it somewhere in the middle? I mean, so you and I are not in the locker room every day, you know, or, or, or ever, you know, we're not in the locker room, um, you know, but we talk to people and, you know, we can see things. Uh, I think the locker room's not in a good place. I don't think A&M's in like somewhere they can't recover from, but I think the locker room's not a good place. And a lot of it is, you know, this number one recruiting class. Yeah. I mean, that set records on paper, but pretty much every five-star national top 100 kid, I mean, they're all going to have, you know, they're going to be a bit of a prima donna. It's just... What happens? I mean, you've been the best, not not like the best of the best. Not only have you been a star, you've been the best of the best your whole life. You know, people talking about you nationally and then you come in and just, you know, think rules don't apply. And there's not the senior leadership to sort of put them in their place. And, you know, they're they're getting more NIL than the, the people who have proven themselves on the field already. So I think there's a bit of, uh, you know, you know, just looking back and, and I mean, jealousy is not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you have the veterans look at that and just being like, I can't believe these guys. And then, you know, they're sort of just running roughshod and doing whatever they want. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons it's in the place, but it's it's there. It's not great. The locker room's not great. And then the product on the field is not great. So, yeah, AM's not in a good place. There needs to be wholesale changes in the offseason, um, you know, with the coaching staff. You need a play caller, you know, and, and not – and somebody needs to vet that play caller so it's not just somebody that will do, you know, the same offense. You know, it has to be – you know, somebody that's going to think outside the box because you need that. You have some talent. So, yeah, I do think disarray is a strong word, but yeah. you know what? It's actually probably a probably a good uh, an apt description. It's a it's a it's an apt description of what's happened this year for me. And it's it's you know, you I was asked early this year during a show, uh, you know, about the heat that this that this AM program was facing. And this came after the Appalachian State game and was doing a piece on that and and said, look, when you sign the number one class and when you sign back to back classes like AM has, that comes with expectations. And when you don't meet those expectations, that criticism will follow. You know, when you're signing a historic class, people are expecting you to at least at the very minimum reach a bowl. And beginning much closer to that 10 win mark. And so when that doesn't happen, that does give the impression that things are going sideways. Things are a mess. When you have a five-star linebacker decommit last week, you know, things like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say recruiting is, is going well. Is there a chance they can turn it around over the next month? Sure. But is it at the level that it's been at the past couple of cycles? Absolutely not. And you know they're struggling to generate much momentum. A lot of their multiple of their commits were on other college campuses this past weekend, as a result of some of those struggles that they've had. Mm-hmm. And you know it's opened the door for other programs to come in. So I think I'm I'm with you on when this season ends in two weeks against LSU, there needs to be a look at every aspect of the program, whether it's from talent acquisition, how they're evaluating the portal. You know, he, Jimbo Fisher once again talked about the portal and how difficult it, or how it's, you know, there's certain players that seem to know where they're going before. Again, they... we talked about this last week. If <laughs> let's say other schools are doing that, well, then A and M needs to find the same loopholes or eat just the same whatever. Yeah, around that. Find... If, if these guys are entering, then do that. Do that. Catch it. You know, do that. You just put together and... a class. You've proven you can. You can keep up with the Joneses in high school. Yeah. Do it in the the portal too. And Sorry. To his point, and this 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 was asked. A couple of weeks ago, what what confidence do you have that kids in the portal will want to 
come to Texas A&M. Listen, there's there's going to be players in the portal if you're recruiting them and and able to to talk to them and 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 get in get in with them. There's kids who have the opportunity to play in the SEC. You have the opportunity to sell them on a chance to make an impact and turn things around. There's going to be interest in the portal. I don't think that's necessarily a concern for me. There's going to be kids that want to come here and make an impact. And so, you know, you've yeah. got to look at how you're evaluating guys in the portal, how you're acquiring talent, how you're building the roster. Everything needs to be on the table. And so I think with with changes, things can still get back on the right track. But that requires a, a hard look at, at everything involved in this program. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little more recruiting after a quick break and, and, and look at some of those some of those A&M commits that were, were in action during the first round of the playoffs. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. As always, Brian, I know you were able to get out last week and, and see Ashton Funk play in the first round of the playoffs. Just what, what was your impression getting to see him? So I hadn't seen him since uh, since we saw him at AM's camp over the summer, mm-hmm. and he had his huddle uh, private, so it was hard to see. So there were no junior highlights available. So getting a chance to see him in person, you know, he's really grown as a player since last year. He's 6'6", six, six, uh, 300 pounds, uh, pretty long arms. And, you know, he plays left tackle for them, and I think he can stay at tackle at A&M. Uh, you know, in the, he had a great, a better second, second half than the first. And I had posted after the first half some of, you know, some of the issues, you know, not really drive walking as much, you know, letting guys use the quickness to get inside him. But for the most part, he won uh, his reps and, you know, was really good there for Tompkins. And, uh, you know, A&M's got to be, trying to look with him and see if there's a way they can get uh, get him on a fast track to, to uh, you know, reclassify the, the 23. That's not going to happen, but, you know, they'd love that just to get him on on campus. So, uh, you know, good player. You know, it's uh, Anum's sort of missing pure tackles on campus, and I think he's he's a guy that is one. No doubt. It's, it's one of those guys we talked about last week, such an important player to have in the class and, and be as committed as he is for those that – that missed it on the site, kind of mentioned his recruitment's 100% done. He's an Aggie, Aggie legacy, um, had made his trips around and, and picked up offers from from several programs, and including Alabama, Michigan, just to name a few, and and um, is a guy that that really loves the A&M program and, and wants to be a part of it. Also had the chance to see Javon Thomas. Uh, good news there. He, he mentioned texting the A&M staff that he was going to be cleared to play on Friday night in South Oak Cliff's game against Mansfield Summit, a 12-7 game in 
cold and windy conditions at Kincaid Stadium in, in Dallas and and just a really not a pleasant game to watch, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, not really a pretty offensive showing on either side, but South Oak Cliff got the job done with a late punt return by Randy Reese to move on to the second round. They'll face Lovejoy in the second round. And something tells me they're going to need probably more than 12 they points. They need more than 12 points for sure. <laughs> it's Lovejoy. Like Lovejoy will go up and down the field. And so that's going to be a, t- a test to see how they go against that South Oak Cliff defense, though. But, uh, I think the first good news piece of good news on him is that he was healthy. You know, he's battled nagging injuries from a back. It was just yeah. If people haven't followed it, he's missed the entire regular yeah. season. Now the plan was for him to make it back to the playoffs all along. Correct. And he yes. probably could have returned sooner, but there was they only let every district game except for one was a shutout, so they yeah. didn't need him in district play. <laughs> and he kind of when I spoke to him after the Adamson game, he kind of mentioned. Listen, if you saw, it was 56 to nothing, I believe, in that game. And it was 49 to nothing after at halftime. And he kind of mentioned, listen, with the way you see the, these games going, I can afford to take my time and afford to take a couple more weeks to make sure I'm fully healthy and then get back for the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think he was the, he'll be the first to tell you a little bit rusty. Um, you know, was playing mostly offense. That's really where South Oak Cliff needs him at this point is a guy that projects as a defensive back cornerback at the next level, but was playing running back for South Oak cliff. And, um, you know, I think he's going to continue to get better as, as time goes along. He's really dangerous with the ball in his hands was a guy that played running back earlier in high school as well. So it certainly has experience on that type of the, on, on that side of the ball as for recruiting, got to talk to him a little, there as well and you know the truth of the matter is with the way AM has played schools are going to continue to come after him tcu texas lsu oklahoma were a few of the in texas tech were a few of the schools he mentioned um we're continuing to come after him and it does sound like he's going to be busy in december taking some visits he's never taken an official visit before so yeah, so um, A&M working, has a chance to host him and several other commits. Working on getting his A&M official visit set up in December. TCU and Texas are also looking to get him on campus, but did say that he thinks the A&M official would come last, which is probably beneficial to be able to counter some of those some of those other pitches other schools have made. But still feel good about him being able to be him them being able to keep him in the class. It's just going to be a battle and. And, you know, that, you've that's got to show him the, something on the field. They've got to show him something. And, you know, I talked with him Friday night about what he wants to see from A&M over the last month. And he said, you know, I just want to see them find a way to pull out a game like South Oak Cliff just did. You know, it was seven, it was 12 to seven. It was ugly. There were turnovers. But they I think they only had like 120 total yards or something. I think they got out games. This is South Oakland. A&M was also about the same. <laughs> yeah, about the same. Never a good also. thing to have to clarify yeah, that yes. part. but. It was about 260 or 120, and he said, you know, look, they, I want to see them find a way to get over the hump. And so that's something – he's going to be back in town probably for the LSU game. I know fans kind of look at that as a game and say, well, that game doesn't really matter. They're not going to a bowl anyway. But for recruits and impressions, if they can come out and play well there, that'll that'll still certainly help probably in that situation as, as, as well. Yeah, and I mean – LSU's going to the SEC uh, championship game no matter what, but, you know, A&M could keep them from the playoffs. They still have a chance of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a nice thing. I mean, LSU is A&M's rival. I think when Texas comes back out, this is going to get booed by everybody. I mean, Texas will probably eventually 
become the rival again. But LSU is A&M's rival. The guys get up for that game. It'll be uh, at Kyle Field at night. And I know fans are frustrated with the season and say they're going to skip it. They won't. There'll be a ton of them there, just like there were against Ole Miss and Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a great environment. So a- A&M has to do something. They have to look like they belong on that field. You know, not yeah. necessarily to win. I mean, I think they can because I think LSU has gotten, you know, pulled out some close victories that they didn't necessarily – you know, end up getting and AM's had some close losses and there's it's possible that they can, but they just have to at least show some signs of life in that game. They do. And, you know, playing UMass this this week, we'll see how many guys they maybe give another week to see if they can get back for that that LSU game. But I think they'll they'll certainly want to finish out on a high note. And you're right, playing LSU is 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 certainly going to bring out a lot of you know some of those rivalry feelings and you know, on yeah, we'll see how AM kind of closes it out. I think they've they've got some ground to make up. Just talking to some people with Peyton Bowen too. You know, if they can make a statement with 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 a game like that against LSU, I don't think this season has necessarily helped in the pursuit of Peyton Bowen. Uh, you know, but still a still a month to go until the early signing period, and and that'll probably that'll be AM's last chance to kind of. Leave them, leave an impression on recruits as, as the AM staff starts to hit the road. You know they're going to hit the road to Den Geyer. They're going to go to South Oak Cliff. They're going to have in-home visits. Yeah. Um, and that is that is the good news when you look at some of those guys is they'll have a chance to to have an and basically an in-home visit and official visit with with Javon Thomas. But um, certainly going to be a lot of recruiting to to kind of dive into over the next month and and we will be here to to cover it all as as a an extremely disappointing season comes to an end here in two weeks against LSU. Um, thanks again to everybody who joined us again, a reminder to give us a like and share on Facebook on, on YouTube, should I say, and a five-star review. If you're listening to this on Spotify or the Apple podcast until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.